Welcome to episode 22 of the Ross and Nez Livestream Experience Podcast. I'm Ross Brand. Professor Nez and I facilitated a discussion on Facebook Live recently about the Parkland shootings. It was called It's Time to Talk, and the title kind of sums it up. The idea was to uh, bring conversation amongst people with uh, perhaps different views or different approaches to the issues uh, involved with school shootings and school safety. And we welcome the community to jump on board and participate either on camera with us or in the chat. And we thank everybody who participated. Um, if you'd like to go back and watch the video, it's at rossandnez.com slash Facebook. And we welcome you to add to the conversation in the chat as well. So here it is, episode 22 about the Parkland shooting. It's time to talk. Good evening. Welcome to It's Time to Talk on Facebook Live. I'm Ross Brand, joined by my Ross and Nez co-host, and that is Professor Nez. And welcome, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, before we get into the topic, we want to send our sympathies out to the uh, families in Parkland, uh, Florida, those who uh, lost loved ones, those who are survivors and everybody who has friends uh, down there. And I know it's it's been a very tough time, and I, I can't even start to imagine uh, what people are going through. Um, you know, what we want to do here is just facilitate a conversation. Um, the, the news media has kind of had their chance, and the politicians have had their chance, and, and really nobody's talking to each other anymore in, in America. And what we want to do is provide a forum for your voices to be heard, for you to step up and join us and contribute something constructive, hopefully sort of civil, hopefully uh, in, in, the, in the right spirit of things. And uh, as, as long as we're all talking to each other, perhaps we can come up with a first step. We're not, we're not going to make any, any uh, solutions or solve any major problems tonight, but we want to be talking because school shootings remain a serious problem in the United States of America. And I think whether you're on the left, the right, the center, whether you're apathetic or you're, you know, involved in, in very much in, in what's going on in the news, um, one thing we can all agree on, um, we, we don't want any more of these school shootings or we want to at least reduce the probability of them happening as much as we can. And Professor Nez uh, Unfortunately, uh, there was some bad news again today relating to this topic. Yeah, um, you know, this is, first of all, I'm really, really proud of us. I really am. And I'm really happy that, you know, um, this wasn't an easy decision for those of you who are watching and listening, because those of you who know us, you know, this isn't a topic that we would typically broach. But this is coming out of a strong compulsion. We, we feel compelled to talk about this um, because Ross and I both are advocates for it always feels good to talk about things coming from a public speaking, a communications background, broadcasting, live streaming, podcasting. You know, what we've seen in the sort of um, zeitgeist of the culture, what we've seen, you know, Ross and I born and raised in the United States and we have a deep, deep love for our country, we've seen some things that just, um, we can't be silent anymore. And we know, we understand how important it is to at least try to come to the table of understanding. We don't claim to have any solutions. We don't claim to have any answers. We're not even close to experts on this, but we are human beings living in a country that we love. And we feel we need to bring at least some some understanding to this, at least have an open dialogue and open conversation. We're really excited to have you with us. And, you know, I know Ross has pinned a link. We're going to be bringing people on the show as well to talk about this. Um, yes, uh, Ross, to allude to your point, just today in Georgia, this just recently happened. Today, literally today, February 28th, the last day of February uh, of 2018, um, there was a teacher who fired a gun. There was another school shooting, but this time it was a, uh, a teacher who fired a gun in a classroom. Um, now, we don't know all the details because the story and the investigation is unfolding literally as we speak. But um, this is this is 
you know, sad to say, but it's almost, you know, I hate to even say this. It's almost seemingly coming to be the new normal in our country. And this is something I am a parent. I'm a father and I can't even imagine. And I want to mirror uh, and echo the words of my colleague. My thoughts and prayers go out to the families, the mothers, the fathers, the daughters, uh, sons, sisters, brothers, aunts and uncles and everything else. Grandparents. I can't imagine not uh, getting that phone call. I can't even fathom going on with my life uh, if something like that ever happened, God forbid, to my family. And um, I'm really, really, you know, nervous. I'm really, really apprehensive. Uh, you know, dare I say a little bit uh, reticent, but I think this is important. And I'd also like to just share one thing if I can, Ross. Yeah. Um, some of the recent stats, just to kind of give, in case you're wondering, uh, just to give you a little overview of, you know, what is what is really happening here? What is the significance and severity of this issue? Um, there have been eight school shootings in 2018 and we're only in February. I mean, it's about to be March, but eight school shootings. Now, I think I can speak uh, uh, on behalf of Ross when I say one school shooting is one too many. But eight, and we haven't even gotten past the second month of the year, this is, this is something that has got to stop immediately. Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders tweeted something earlier in the week or, you know, saying that there was 18 shootings. But um, from what I've understood in the research that I've compiled, the data has shown that there's only been eight. <laughs> I can't even, I mean, saying only sounds ridiculous. But but but, you know, regardless and and to be honest with you guys watching and listening, it was really difficult to find a lot of data on this. I wonder if there's something behind that. I don't know. I've I I and Ross, I'd love your thoughts on this, too. I always like to look at everybody. I mean, I know there's publications and media corporations that have bents and stances that skew to the left or more to the left and more to the right. But I think you're with me on this, Ross. Correct me if I'm wrong. I like to look at everybody's point of view and then kind of come up with something that is the most practical, the most evidence-based, and come up with a conclusion based on my own critical thinking and research. Do you do you feel the same way, Ross? Yeah, and I, I not only feel the sa that way in, in terms of uh, researching an issue or um, in how I get my news, but I, I think it's critical that across this political divide that we have, in the United States, we start talking to each other because we're all in this together no matter what. So whether you're you're on the right, you're on the left, you're in the center, you're apathetic, you're not sure what you are. Um, we all are kind of got to drive down the same roads. We all, you know, going to want to see our children educated at, at good schools. And, and in order for those things to happen, we have to talk to each other. I mean, Yes, on some major issues, there's a lot of polarization, um, but in the things that keep the keep the communities working and keep people, uh, you know, living a decent quality of life and and having a, a hope that tomorrow will be better than today. Um, if we stop talking to people with different views and continue to demonize people who look at certain issues differently than we do, um, we we're going to see everything fall apart because ultimately if we can't talk to each other, uh, the, the, the road doesn't get paved. The, 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 the school doesn't, doesn't get books. The, you know, the day-to-day -day things of life that we all share uh, as well as, you know, the good fortune to live in, in a country um, with all its flaws where we don't have to worry about a knock on the door at night or, you know, somebody taking us away because, uh, you know, we look different or we talk different or, or whatever. And so this is this is an opportunity for us to talk to each other. Uh, and we welcome people from all over the world to join to Absolutely. join the conversation. But certainly, um, you know, this is a conversation that American citizens and, and permanent residents and and visitors and people who are are a part of our communities however they're a part of our communities need to think about because it's the schools and and the places where we frequent that that are being hit and uh you know it's parkland florida yesterday it's it's a place in georgia today it could be your hometown i'm sure people in parkland never thought 
that that was going to happen at their school, although there were some warnings about uh, that that individual who did the shootings. And and that's another issue. Um, That's why these things are so complicated. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You can't just focus on one thing. There were things that that at every step of the way could have made a difference. Um, and that that comes from everything from from laws to policy to individual actions to missed opportunities and and things like that. And um, like I say, I just want to say one more time, we all want we all want I, I don't think anybody who's going to join this conversation doesn't want uh, kids in school and and people walking down the street and so forth to be safe and and not have to deal with these kind of attacks and anything we can do to just make things a little bit better and, and to, to bring things along a little bit would be, uh, you know, a, a really good start. And, you know, like I said, we're not going to accomplish it here tonight, but if we start the conversation, this is where we should be having these conversations on platforms like Facebook live. This is what a social platform is for. I mean, TV does a lot of things well, right. With a big production studio and video coming in from around the world and, and, and all that. Um, but it doesn't really do long form conversation like this. Uh, it, it does snippets and and controversy and things and it moves on. And this is a chance where we can talk to each other and really listen to each other um, in an unscripted and 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 what I hope is a friendly and civil format. And we need to keep it that way. And I want to kind of, uh, you know, well said, Ross, to my colleague. Uh, kudos to you, sir. I don't think this is this this is definitely not a political conversation. This this should be a nonpartisan issue. Um, we're seeing this happen at an astronomical rate. I don't care if it's six. I don't care if Bernie's eighteen. You know, it, it shouldn't be one. It should be zero. It should be zero. And um, you know, we both feel that silence is more dangerous than ignorance. So, it, and it always seems to feel. I, I want to kind of issue a sort of, you know, a sort of, uh, uh, you know, a parameter here, if I will, for lack of a better word, uh, that we all really just try to keep an open mind. We all tr- right, try our best to be receptive, humble, and just really try to listen to each other because there's too much of this. There's too much of this. We're seeing too much of this everywhere. Okay. And that's the stuff that gets ratings and that's the stuff that gets the spotlight we're not interested in in any of that. We truly, genuinely want to have a conversation where we can come together and just discuss what is going on here. Who are we as Americans? What's going on here as a country? Where are we as a people? Do we even know what's happening with our neighbors? Do we even know what's happening in our society, our culture? Where are we getting our information? There's a lot of, and 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 just to again mirror my colleagues' words, we're not going to solve this. We don't have any solutions. There are no concrete, finite, black and white answers. But I do know this. I do know this. We may not know exactly what to do, but when you talk more about the issue, it becomes more and more clear what we shouldn't do. And hopefully, maybe just hopefully, we can unfold a direction at least to move in that's tangible, intelligent, thoughtful, amenable to the life of our kids, first of all, but to everybody else living in this country. So uh, I'm, I'm very, very interested to hear what, what people have to say. Um, you, you know, some of the, some of the things that maybe we can start with Ross is some of the solutions that are on the table right now. Uh, I don't know if you want to go into that right now, or did you want to mention the fact that people can, can, can join in the conversation and go live with us? It's really odd, isn't it Ross? Because you and I were so used to laughing and riffing on right, each other. Right. And we're so used to being this really loose format. I got to tell you the truth. Um, you know, I feel a little bit out of my element, but I, I, I feel that what you and I can bring to this conversation is important. We're human beings, right? We're not right. experts. We don't claim to be experts. We're human beings who live in this country, who believe, you know, in the certain values and principles that this country was founded on and we understand the power of words. We understand the power of language. We understand the power of listening to one another. So it's it's interesting. Like, 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any problem saying this live on the air, but because this is a big deal, this is a big deal. And uh, I, I, I really, really hope, I really hope that this turns to be a fruitful conversation. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, professor. A big part of a conversation is not only uh, being heard, but it's listening as well and considering different points of view. And that's what we want to do right now. Um, if you are in the chat, you'll notice that the pinned comment is the link to join us. And we would love you to join us. Come on into the lobby. Um, be respectful. No, please don't attack anybody. Say what you think would be uh, a way to get started in helping uh, perhaps uh, avoid uh, having more school shootings and, and, and your thoughts on the issue. Um, try to keep it somewhat brief. And um, when you're done, I know we may have a lot of people jumping on tonight. If you can then drop out of the lobby section to open up a spot for somebody else, we would greatly appreciate that. And uh, so, Nez, it's time to talk. Let's bring in uh, Chris Salata. Uh, who joins us uh, in just a second. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for uh, for stepping in and, and being the first one to speak up. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. I was actually really reluctant to actually come on, only because it seems like this is one of those polarizing topics that, you know, yeah. it's it's a, you know, this is really the epitome of if you're not for us, you're against us type of situation, regardless of what side you're on. And, you know, lately stating opinions is just a, a very difficult thing just because you don't know what's going to happen. Everybody's got a strong opinion about this. And I'm going to say I, I kind of do as well. You know, my whole take on this, and I, I'm going to go full disclosure, I do own firearms. I'm a gun owner. Mm -hmm. um, I was trained by my father. In the, in the, who was a Marine in the proper and safe use of said firearms for both hunting as well as recreational purposes. And, and mainly when I say that for um, target shooting, target practice, you know, accuracy, that sort of thing. And I'm passing that on to my kids. Mm -hmm. Now that being, I'm also an advocate of making sure that, you know, those that are even able to access weapons, that it's that it's regulated. I mean, I have to have a driver's license to drive a car. Right. I have to have that renewed every so many years. If I have a health problem, I'm not allowed to drive. Um, I would actually be an advocate for some sort of registration process where not just I'm not talking about concealed carry or anything like that, but just a firearm firearm owner's registration where you have to not just go through a background check every time that you um, uh, every time that you go to purchase a weapon, but also every, you know, every couple of years, um, in order to make sure that there are, you know, things are still clean. Um, but also even psychological checks, you know, you know, oh, yeah. I think, you know, the, the problem of it is, is I, I think I can, and I apologize. I don't know which one of you kind of mentioned it. I think the, the comment that was made, was right. We're not going to solve it here. And it's not, not, not any one single idea is going to totally resolve the issue, but right. a series of small resolutions will help mitigate the issues that we're seeing today. And I think right. that makes a big difference. Right. Chris, Chris, as a gun owner and, and somebody who's very familiar um, with, with guns and been trained on it, um, do you think there are any guns that should be banned or do you think... Um, the way currently uh, we have things is, is okay. You know, that's, that's a really tough question. Okay. And, and the thing is, is first off, I don't own anything like an AR or anything like right. that. I don't own what people normally call an assault weapon. I don't own anything like that. It's, it's one, it's not my style Two, Yeah. It's just not my style. And just to be um, clear and, and Chris, it's nice to meet you Nez here, but just to be clear for our audience and, the, the the weapon that is predominantly used in these, you know, terrible, terrible incidents. I don't even want to mention anybody's name. I don't want to mention shooters names. I don't want to give them they've already gotten their, you know, I don't want to give them any kind of airplay here. But the predominant weapon that is used is the AR-15, which is a 
multiple uh, 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 automatic assault weapon that is actually used by the military. Am I incorrect with that, Chris? You are you're mostly correct with that. It is okay. actually a, it is known as um, I guess. <laughs> it, it is a semi-automatic. Okay. Uh, you know, as as I know that it's been very well documented in the press, there are certain add-ons that could be used in order to help make rapid fire possible. Right. Um, it is not necessarily a military weapon. However, it was, it's actually a derivative of, if I'm not mistaken, the M1, which is a military automatic rifle. Um, you know, like AR, designation of AR is actually not for assault rifle or anything like that. Is It's actually from the Armalite Rifle Corporation. Um, which, you know, they were the ones that originally designed it. Now it's gone through several manufacturers since then, but just to give a little bit of a background. Um, you know, the thing that is, is that I, I know that there are, there are people who I am friends with that do own AR-15s. I, I have fired an AR-15, and to be very honest, it's, it's a very easy weapon to use. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to deny it. Compared to my hunting rifle it's actually a lot easier to use and um you know a lot easier on on the person firing it um now but back to your question because i i was using that time to think about my answer you don't think you need an ar-15 to hunt rabbits do you oh no way i mean <laughs> i mean <laughs> I mean, I mean the not, funny that part is, not that that's, you know, I mean, I'm laughing, not that that's funny. No, but no, no, you know, I, I, you know I catch your drift. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, to honestly, me, it just seems like practical common sense. Like for me, yeah. Chris, and you seem like a really intelligent guy and I'm, I'm really happy you're our first guest. To me, it's just like practical common sense. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't think one extreme, let's get rid of all this or yada, yada, yada. And I don't think the other extreme, well, let's just arm the entire administration, especially the yeah. teachers. I mean, there's all these solutions that are being put on the table. And I know you know this. One of them is let's arm all the teachers, right? Or <laughs> another one is, is let's put more guns. There's statistics that show that if everybody is, you know, armed, that violence goes down, which I don't know the validity of that just in my gut. And again, not an expert here. And I definitely believe in the Second Amendment, too. I believe that we as citizens should have the right to defend ourselves with firearms. But I, I like what Ross is saying here, and I love how you're answering this. Is this more of a question of should we eliminate something based on the least common denominator? Or is it just a matter of, well, you know what? We don't want to take that chance. Let's just go ahead and do a, a, an all-out extreme when I say extreme broad kind of, you know, scope approach to this, do you know what I mean, Chris? Yeah. You know, the the interesting part to that is, is that if it's not going to be an AR, it's going to end up being something else. And it becomes a very slippery slope from that point. Why in the world, you know, it, it, you know, the AR has become like, you know, the, the, the rifle of choice for, for these acts of terrorism is um, I'll just say it's kind of beyond me. Right. But but, you know, the the thing of it is, is that the facts are facts. It is the most commonly used. So, you know, the thing of it is, is that, again, as I was kind of saying before, I kind of believe in in strong regulations, you know, in regulations that would, you know, I don't mind law abiding citizens having such a such a rifle, you know, especially if if they are of signed mind and body that, you know, they if they want to use that to hunt, that's great. Personally, I think there are many other types of rifles out there that are much more accurate. Right. In fact, just a you know example, you know I have a 308 Winchester, and the fact of the matter is is that it is you know twice as accurate at twice the range if I wanted to go deer hunting. So you know it, it's kind of like that's just me. But the right. fact of the matter is is that you know I, I, I I'm more I'm more in line of trying to make sure that the right people are the ones that are allowed to carry uh, are allowed to, you know, to own as more than, you know, taking something off the shelves, um, you know, any rifle in the hands of someone who is mentally unstable uh, or any handgun 
for them, any weapon for that. What about matter. a car? I mean, what about a car being in the hands of somebody who's mentally unstable? I mean, that's, I mean, or even under I, the influence. I mean, the, to me, it sounds like what you're saying, Chris, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but correct me if I'm wrong. And I love the way you're, I, I think you're an intelligent dude. You're saying something that sounds really common sense and practical to me. You know, I mean, there are people who, who drive uh, recklessly, right? Does that mean that we should, or is it the same thing? Is that just a ridiculous argument? I mean, a part of me feels like, well, well, we're doing the same thing that we always do is we're taking the least common denominator and applying it to the masses. But then again, I got kids and like, is this a whole different like bag of bag of wax or ball bag of wax or ball of wax? I don't know. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, 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 like there are people who should not be behind the wheel. You know, the fact of the matter is it is one component. I mean, it is, it, you know, it's one component. it is one, one component. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, mistakes happen behind the wheel. And then there's also purposeful negligence behind the wheel. So you it's know, not a good comparison then, is it? Maybe. Well, okay. It's different though. I mean, yeah. you can still use it as an example, but, right. you know, you may have somebody that, you know, is driving down the highway and is going five miles an hour over a speed limit. Maybe he's going 75, 80 miles an hour, uh, loses control of their vehicle, hits another vehicle, kills a, you know, a family of four because of a, what, what is, in essence, an accident that does have a level of, of uh, uh, negligence built into it, rather than someone who is street racing, who is purposely putting purposely. themselves. So that's you know, intention. Pur- right. Interesting. Exactly. I so, like the way you said that. You know, it's, it's a big difference. Now, the thing of it is, is that, again, there's not one component here that's going to solve the problem. You know, do I do I believe that, you know, there needs to be firearms that are more regulated than others? Most likely so. Do I also believe that there are some, um, you know, some ways that, you know, gun owners should be willing to, you know, regulate themselves through licensing and, you know, background, you know, more consistent background checks, et cetera. I mean, here, here's a great example. Um, you know, I've, I've owned firearms, you know, all my adult life, mainly because my father had them, he's passed them down and so on and so forth. Um, it wasn't until uh, a little over a year ago, I actually had my first background check because it was the first time I actually bought a new rifle for my, for myself. So the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, even up till that point, there was no way for anybody to, you know, at least in my state, I should say, your laws may vary, taxes not included, or approved by law. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's one of those cases where I know, like, you know, where I live, it's, there's a decent procedure to go through, waiting mm-hmm. periods and everything else, background checks, so on and so forth. Other states, it's actually harder to do it. Like, Illinois has one of the hardest, um, you know, hardest way of, you know, procedures in order to buy a handgun um chris if i can really quickly so if i if i'm understand because we we we, we've got to get another guest on here you've been fantastic but if i can understand you correctly just to kind of summate if i may australia australia was dealing with some serious problems with not just school shootings but mass shootings if i'm understanding you correctly by increasing regulations by adopting some real sound intelligent practical laws their rates okay of these incidents happening it decreased significantly is that what you're saying is that we should have our second amendment rights that you know there shouldn't be a blanketed approach to this but if we have the right type of regulations i mean australia did it is that is that you know what i'm saying yeah and it's it's you know it's a good example to use you know, some countries that actually put some common sense laws into place. And and while I'm not totally familiar with what Australia has put into place, you know, again, it's, I just think it's one of those things where, you know, different components of this could really be put into place. You know, some are going to take longer than others. Some, you know, are going to get a lot more resistance. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not necessarily one one person to say, hey, let the government work it out. Let the government regulate us because, right. you know, I, I, right. I'm not. I we've, am seen not how, necessarily we've seen how that's worked out. Yeah, kind of sort. Of. I mean, so yeah. I mean, there's there's some catch 22s and, and I certainly wouldn't I, 
obviously I don't have time to, you know, express what I, you know, the whole thought process. Cause quite honestly, Facebook won't allow us on for that long period of time. But, the, <laughs> but the, but the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, you, you got to keep the second amendment. You, you've got to, you've got to still have some accessibility. There still has to be some really strong regulations going with it. And I, I would like to think that, you know, law abiding, yeah, law abiding Americans who are gun owners would, I'm not going to say totally fall into place with that, but I think they're after a while, they're going to think, you know, maybe they'll consider that. I know there are some friends of mine who would, you know, if again, I'm almost sure that I'll probably lose some friends on Facebook tonight if they see this and, and I'm okay with that. I respect their opinion. I'm hoping that other people respect my opinion as well. So, but that's all, you know, that's about all I, I got to say. I think you know? you've been completely intelligent and practical. And Chris, I just want to say, thank you so much for being, I, I can't think of a better guest. What a, what a, what a great first guest. Thank you so much, man, for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on and have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Thank thanks you so much, Chris. Let's bring in Vicki Fitch. Yay, Vicky, Vicky. Welcome. Great to see you. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's so good the to doctor. see you guys, too. <laughs> Love it. How are you? I call you the doctor of live stream. What did I call you last time? I can't I remember. don't remember. You call what me all it? kinds of fun stuff. So, How are you, girl? I'm wonderful, honey. How are you? Oh, it's good to see you. So so what do you think? What did you think of what he said? And what I know you've got a lot to add to this. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's a lot of there's certainly a lot of controversy. I was sad a little bit to hear what he had to say about, you know, he might have some friends that might no longer be friends anymore based on, mm -hmm. you know, him having an opinion. And it's really sad. I, don't I think, think he said anything that was so I mean, I'd be I, I don't know. Part of me wants he, to say, were they really true friends? I think so. Well, I think that our, our nation's so divided on so many things and this yeah. gun control happens to be one of them. I mean, you look at social media and you look at, you were mentioning Australia, you can see some Aussies that, you know, I'm, I'm an honorary Aussie. So, uh, I, Are I'm you very, really? yeah, I'm very sensitive to that stuff, but they're saying America, get it together, get gun control because they're, they're hurting for us, right? There's people in the world that are, they're, they're hurting for yeah. what's happening here. And it yes. is, it's been a struggle. So um, it breaks my heart to hear that there might be people that are, um, that will no longer be friends because you have an opinion. Like you said, he didn't say anything controversial or, or, I mean, I guess it can be controversial. It wasn't, it certainly didn't attack anyone else's values, but for him to say, I have a gun, I believe this, he's right. Some people will, they'll, they'll take that and and turn it. And I think that's really sad because we need to have conversations like this where we can actually communicate and have an opinion. He had a very articulate, mm -hmm. um, you know, very, you know, he, he was just, it was great. Like, I think you're right. He, it was extremely great. And, um, you know, and I think it's, there's a lot going on, you know, with underneath, you know, and that's where I may get myself in trouble today. Oh, I because, like that. I like the way you, know, you said that. Yeah. Well, part, part of it is I, I believe and, and, don't get me wrong. People do not send me hate mail. Listen to the whole sentence before you start <laughs> okay. freaking well, out. No, no. Okay? Our, our, our Ross and his audience, they're the most open mind audience in live yeah, streaming. I'm sure there's not even one of them. Not even one <laughs> that will say. But I think that, like in my book, A Victim Bully in Your Head, that came out on Monday. Yes. Um, there's, you know, there, I talk about the art of empathy, not that we need to accept unacceptable behavior. Absolutely not. But if we can start getting underneath this and start hearing what's going on with people before it gets to this place, because people, you know, uh, we always say hurt people, hurt people, right? right. My friend, Kevin Madison, uh, said something, which is also in the book that it's not hurt people that hurt people. It's hurt people that aren't heard that hurt people. If we give people a chance to, if we even dive in and try and figure out some of the things that are going on, I am not saying it's going to prevent, uh, you know, people that are mentally unstable, people that are really struggling with other things. But I think that we can get underneath the problem and start start trying to find out what people are struggling struggling with. Because, you know, someone who's feeling good doesn't go, Hey, I think I'm going to grab this gun and go blow somebody away. They don't, they just don't do that. Even, you know, it's they're when they're hurting. And so that's, I think that we have to, as a nation, get underneath and start working, you know, at younger ages to watch and see and find out what's going on. Because I think, I think that's a lot of, I think sometimes these people have been bullied so bad from other people that have been bullied so bad that 
they're trying to figure out if they need to get rid of themselves or they need to get rid of the problem. And, you know, and they pick a, they, they pick a side based on whoever's chomping louder in their ear. I think that you cannot, uh, you know, I think you cannot negate the fact. I think this is something that a lot of people maybe miss too, but I, I definitely agree. You cannot negate the fact that kids can be really cruel to each other. And what we have here is we have disenfranchised youth that is highly weaponized, which is scary. So it's a highly, it's a highly weaponized disenfranchisement because when I was a kid, I'm sure, you know, Vicky and Ross were sort of the same age, I think. I don't know. But I mean, when we were kids, yeah, (laughs) I I was going to say 18, but no, but I mean, when we were kids, I mean, kids have been cruel and and I'm not saying all kids are obviously, but kids can be really mean and, 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 you know, if, if somebody gets, I remember there was a couple of kids in my high school, you know, and I was picked on, everybody's picked on, but there was a couple of kids who got it the most. And my heart always kind of went out to them. Like, my gosh, like that dude looks really hurt. Like that dude looks like, it seems like they pick on him every single day. And, you know, should I have stepped in more than I did? Probably. But I also was a dumb kid and wanted to be cool. Right. So, so kids but, are kids and we have to give them a voice. It, it, and this yeah. is something, but I think the difference is, is that with the world of information, the digital age, mm-hmm. that, that the, this disenfranchisement, this feeling of alienation, this feeling of isolation, yeah. it, it's, it's weaponized now. And it's, it's, it's able to, you know, it's, it's able to kind of create this impact that you know it's 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 revenge at a whole nother level mm-hmm. and it's it's scary because you we talk about our outer games everybody talks about their outer game what mm-hmm. about your inner game and you're talking about evicting that bully in the head which is something that resonates with me so much vicky and i go back you know she's been on my show i've been on her show and i love this topic i can't wait to get your book do you, what do you think about what chris said about regulations and kind of you know you mentioned australia did you think that any of that, you know, was something that we should be paying more attention to? Or do you think that we should focus more on the root cause, which I think is something really important is what's happening internally with these people? And I don't think you're saying that this person shouldn't be held accountable no. because I want to tell you something. I had this no. conversation in my they class. They absolutely need to be held accountable. They, held, they have to be held accountable. And I don't want anybody to misinterpret this because I am one of those professors. I talked about this with my classes because I want to hear what they think. And a few of them, you know, kind of came to me and said, you know, we heard what you were saying that this person was broken and we don't like hearing that. And I love that they voice their opinion because I always try to have a safe environment in my class and say, you can say mm-hmm. whatever you want as long as it's mm-hmm. not offensive and rude. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted to make sure to, 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 you know, emphasize, I'm not saying that this person should not be. And I, I say person, we're not going to name the person. Sure. We're not going right. to give them airplay. But I always, I tried to say, no, 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 let me emphasize. I'm not saying this person should not be held accountable. Right. But I do believe this is a broken human being. We need to look at that. Is that what you're saying, Vicki? Absolutely. And, and, you know, I just saw, I think it was Trisha that had a comment in there about we need to have a mandatory class, a victim bully in the head. I do have a mm-hmm. class curriculum that I am talking to, uh, talking to teachers about. I also have a, oh, cool. um, a a portion that, you know, for each different age group. So a little children's book that for kids to understand, you know, that the, this bully, I call them bully births, right? And bully births happen the moment we actually believe the information other people are saying. I mean, these kids can tell this poor guy that he's ugly or he's stupid. He doesn't until the moment he actually believes it, he's, you know, he still can keep it at bay. It doesn't feel good. But the moment we actually receive it, that's when we have a bully in our head that tells us we're, we're not good enough or smart enough or strong enough. And and so then we're always behind. Right. We're always trying to catch up and 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 be relevant to the other kids in school. And so, you know, it's it's just heartbreaking. You know, it's it, it, it really does break my heart. And I'm sure, Ross, you must have something to say about this. I mean, you are you know, you're such a, an. Uh, amazing resource and and part of the community in the social media space you know it's, it's yeah crazy. i mean i think social media makes it very hard for kids because at least going home was sort of a refuge for a kid mm-hmm. who wasn't comfortable at school right. and now right really you know you could be bullied 24 7 right i mean you mm-hmm. can post about yourself on social media and all that yeah. all that being said right i mean it's clear this kid had very severe issues. I mean, sure. even beyond um, 
the mental health issues and the bullying issues that Mm -hmm. many kids encounter. Um, And there were so many, uh, I think Trisha said it, there were so many falls along the way, so many places. I mean, you're talking about dozens and dozens and dozens of trips uh, by the police and local law enforcement. You're talking tips to the FBI. You're talking Mm -hmm. a guy who said uh, he wanted to be a school shooter, a guy who, was banned from school uh, because he brought a what did he bring a backpack full of bullets or something? Right. I mean, there yeah. there was so there, many things so many signs, the way. right? This yeah. kid needed help. He needed help, and uh, you know whether that help meant you know institutionalizing for a period of time, sure. uh, and, and and you know, but this was a kid who needed serious help, and mm-hmm. I mean. There were signs, he never got too. It. He never got the help. I mean, there were signs, too, Ross. I mean, the guy went on YouTube and said, I'm going to be a professional school shooter months before. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, another should thing. should have been that... arrested for that. I mean, honestly, you need to take a kid and find out. I'm not saying there aren't some kids that might, um, you know, just be, I don't know, chit-chatting or, or whatever. It doesn't – it's still wrong. You still can't do it. And so, you know, it's it just – it's not okay. You know, it's, well, it's, yeah. we have to investigate, we have to stop it. And cause look, I mean, those other kids, they deserve to be safe. And if there's any yes. possibility that they're not safe, you got to shut it down. I mean, you got to yeah. go check it out and, and do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Thank you, Vicki. Vicki, you're awesome. We love you. Thank you. It's great well, to see it you. was w- wonderful seeing you guys. Thanks so much. And um, I will look forward to uh, catching the rest of the show. I got to go feed the fam right now, but uh, okay. I will. I'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. Thank we look for forward to your book. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll yeah, message me, Ross. I'll send you a copy. Sounds great. Thank you, Vicki. William, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we can hear you. You can't. Testing out the mic, but we, we can definitely hear you. You sound great, <laughs> William. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Great topic, by the way. Uh, you guys have um, you guys have big kahunas to even talk about this um, in this space. But uh, thank you. you. I have a background actually using that weapon, and um, I also have kids in school from fifth grade all the way up to third year in college. So <clears throat> I have a lot of the concerns that a lot of people have. I guess on both sides. The uh, I just want to come on and say the AR. Uh, 15. The AR actually stands for Armalite uh, Rifle, um, one of the original mass producers of it. And my 20, he's 20 years old now. I taught him how to use it when he was nine. I was on SWAT back then, so I was really familiar with it. And it's a very easy gun to shoot, but it could be also dangerous, I guess, in the, in the right hands. I think it's necessary for it to be an option mainly because there's always a i guess a threat or the possibility that a country's military could actually turn on its citizens for whatever reason we actually facilitate coups in other places besides our own and who knows maybe that could happen to us on down the road in terms of karma hmm. so so i think that to at least have that a reason to have that weapon as a choice or accessibility to it is to at least be able to combat the possibility of karma. Now, I know a lot of people say, um, do we really need that to shoot um, rabbits or to protect, you know, us and stuff like that? Well, I'd rather have an AR if someone entered my house with, you know, something bigger than a pistol. Although statistics say most face-to-face shooting happens with handguns. Those are FBI statistics. That's why uh, the body the body armor that we had as patrol officers um, the threat level was mainly for handguns and uh, not necessarily things like AR-15s. If we were gonna, if we plan on engaging somebody with that type of caliber weapon, we would use uh, stronger body armor. So I think it's necessary to have the accessibility due to the possibility of military or tyranny um, turning on us. The other thing, there's two other things I want to say. I do believe that there should be some kind of revamping of the checks, but it's kind of like a double-edged sword. So let's just say, for instance, some macho guy like me has a really, really tough time in life, which I have had. And from the profession that I was in, when you had that tough time, it wasn't the thing to do to go seek help because you would get a stigma. Right. 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 
now that's kind of part of this conversation too william i think is yeah. because you know this has a lot to do with like now i don't think it's i don't think it's just supernatural that all of these victims have the common denominator of being males right uh okay and i'm not saying that that this is absolute thinking here but I think that there's something to the fact that that is a common denominator. And I think there is a link to something like, I love what you said there, that stigma, men showing their emotions, men showing their vulnerabilities, which yes. is something that is a powerful, powerful thing. Yes. And I love the way, I love the way you said that. I want you to continue because I want to, I'm going to come back at you with that. Um, if somebody comes in my house, cause I really think that's really interesting. I'm but really you, glad. You know, I'm really glad. We, let me just uh, jump in here. You know, with a lot of the school shooter types, though, um, they they already sort of are so vulnerable people in, in terms of where they fit into the scheme of things that the, the AR-15 becomes a power, w what they can't do with their fists or what they can't do with their own self-respect and self-esteem. They're, they're seeing they uh, I think the AR-15 becomes a way to even the score. Right. It becomes well, a way. I think I think now, it's an now look who's going to pick on me. Right. Well, now, I think it's now an outlet, they're all going to notice I, me. I think it's an outlet, though, that actually could have been prevented had they had other forms of outlets. Does that make sense? Of course. Of course. I mean, well, it depends. Um, I don't know if you saw the, the uh, comment that I put in the comment section, but. The best example I can give is as marketers, we deal with the changing algorithms and the changing and taking away of tools and stuff, right? Our strategy remains the same to serve, you know, to serve our audience and become a valuable resource. And, you know, in some cons in some uh, situations, maybe make an income off of it. The strategy remains the same. The strategy is, is stays the same time immemorial, you know, selling has been the same forever, but the tools and the tactics will change. If my t if my goal if my strategy is to make an income online, even though the tools and tactics may change or be taken away or regulated away, my strategy remains the same, and I'll just find another tool or tactic. Now, it just happens to be AR fifteen. It could be anything you decide to use. If your goal is to kill people, I don't care what you regulate out of my access. You know, out of my access, I'll find another way. And who you know, I'm not saying this that that's my plan if someone wants to watch this later on i'm just no saying, of course not I, well you never not. know what stuff happens um, oh my gosh but uh but don't I, you think but don't you think william i mean <laughs> that, that that they will find a weapon william but but don't you think that an ar15 can do a lot more damage than let's say a knife or a handgun that can only shoot six rounds as opposed to something that's a semi-automatic a handgun's a semi-automatic. Every time you pull the trigger, it fires fully. Okay, automatic is you hold the trigger down and it continues to fire. But a handgun is, is also a semi-automatic. And I think that's another thing that people get mixed up on when they hear semi-automatic. Handguns are semi-automatics. Our revolvers are semi-automatic, you know. So I don't think it's because of the rate of fire that – I don't think the rate of fire should be used to, I guess, regulate the AR out of, you know – accessibility because every gun you have even a little well with the exception i would say of no even a little uh what do you call them breech loaders yeah you have to take the time to you know load it like they had in revolutionary right. war it's only going to fire every time you pull the trigger yeah. you know now there's ways like the bump stop you can uh, make it so that it fires at a faster rate but even handguns are semi-automatic so the guy who was on previously he mentioned if we start with this what's next and once again, I have kids. I have kids in, from elementary all the way up to college, and I do fear for them. But at the same time, I would like for the access the to option. those weapons. To, you yeah, the, the option. option. Because yeah. I don't need a Lamborghini to go to the store. Matter of fact, guys, I don't need this microphone. I do. I do. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't need this microphone to but actually. But you sound talk. good with it. So, no, you uh, sound terrific. I can use it. I could use these headphones to talk to That's you true. guys, right? But at least I have the access, and 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 I don't plan on inciting a riot using this high PR forty, you know. But there are some <laughs> people who will, you know. They, you know. But you know, here's here's I guess a, a question about the the AR the AR weapons, and it, obviously you can do tremendous damage without a gun, right? 
yes. Timothy McVeigh in Oklahoma City. Uh, the 9-11 hijackers had Good box point. Good point. They brought, yeah. back, they brought down, true. you know, the World Trade Center. Um, but for some of these people who are quite disturbed, and let's be honest, I, I don't think this kid was very bright. Um, building a bomb is a much bigger challenge than grabbing a weapon that can fire off a whole bunch of rounds and heading for the school. Am I, am I off on that? I mean, I think what William's saying and William, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but if I can just clarify, I think William's saying this could be the start of something bad, right? William, like it's like the government, you want to put control in the government's hands. If we ban these AR 15s, William's saying this is going to start the ball rolling. And I think, I mean, William, I'm really glad you're with us right now because I think you represent a lot of, I don't want to call them gun enthusiasts, but people who are gun advocates, perhaps maybe, because I think this is the, this is the, the perspective that the government's going to take away all of our guns. And I just don't know if that's something that's been helping the conversation. And I know you're a father and I know you love your kids to me, it's interesting because as soon as the, the topic is even broached, that maybe, I mean, just not even a maybe, we're even in pre-maybe, we should take this AR-15 away. I don't even think we're in pre-maybe, actually. Uh, just the talk is being, you know, illustrated. Then you have this kind of, you know, this sector of the population who are saying now they're going to take away everything. Am I wrong, William? Is that kind of where, where you're headed with that, or am I wrong? Well, there's a possibility. There's a, I don't know if you guys have heard of the uh, uh, phenomenon where you put a frog in a, a pot of water and you slowly turn the temperature up <laughs> until it's boiling. The frog doesn't even notice because things have slowly changed, you know, a degree at a time to the point to where – I've never heard that before. Yeah, I forget what it's called, but you put a, you, you put a frog in, in water and you turn the heat up. Hmm. And then you slowly turn the heat up to the point to where it eventually dies because it's so hot. This could be the beginning. I'm not saying that it is, but it could be, be the beginning if we're not careful of a slippery slope to when, okay. When I was a, um, when I was a deputy sheriff, people would do things, screwed up things because we're all human. Well, instead of dealing with that individual, they do a knee jerk reaction and everybody would be punished. I mean, even the squares or the squares would be punished. Yeah. That's what I don't want to see happen, because to be perfectly honest, if I'm at Walgreens and someone comes in there with a clinician, uh, AK-47 or AR, I would love or I would hope that at least someone has access to a semi-automatic uh, pistol or even better, an AR-15 to kind of put themselves on the same level as a threat, you know. But for, for defense, you're saying for the, for somebody, defense. For, so somebody yeah. can equalize the situation. Yeah, equal, yeah, equalize. You want to meet force with the same amount, if not a little bit, you know, above if you want to, you know, survive. So do you think do you think that teachers should have AR-15s? H I know you, tra you trained your son, right, William? You trained your son yeah. how to use. Do you think that if this dude who, who committed this horrific act had a father who trained him? that that would have made a difference or a father who at least had some guidance with these types of how to properly safely, you know, uh, handle these, these highly, highly dangerous firearms. Do you think that would have made uh, a huge difference? Or are you saying that, you know, there's going to be bad guys everywhere. We might as well arm. There needs to be somebody else there with an AR 15, like a teacher. Well, when, okay, f first let me back up to what you said about the father. Um, you talking about the father training that the perpetrator who shot the seventeen people? Yeah, I don't want to. I'm I trying. Think... I'm trying not to say his name because I don't want to. Okay, give that's him, fine. You know, yeah, I, I don't even remember his name. Well, I do now. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, I do now. Good. Last name. Yeah, Tom. Um, yeah, I don't think that. I don't think that the father training him how to use the gun would have really. Um, change things he was trained to use a gun because he was in rotc junior rotc so he was very familiar with the nomenclature of the uh firearm but there were some things that 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 came out at things always come out uh, uh armchair quarterbacking after the event there were cries for help before it happened and even in his personal interactions with students see students today if you don't fit in OK, if you're odd or if you if you have issues and you're crying out with odd behavior, 
you're more quicker to get shunned and ignored versus someone saying, hey, hey, Billy, tell me what's going on, right? And the problem with that is through evolution, when we would shun or ostracize somebody, they go disappear and their genetic material would not be able to be passed on. But in today's modern society, that person stays in the group. And whatever it is they're dealing with, eventually the whole group's going to have to deal with it either in a positive way or, as we saw, a negative way. Now, back to what I was talking about, the stigma. I do believe in a revamping of certain things to where if I go to the doctors or if I go to see a counselor and I'm like, I want to kill myself. Okay, when I was taking Chantax to quit smoking, I got this way. I got homicidal and suicidal thoughts. Whoa. I quit taking it. Yeah, it was before they said on the commercial, may cause blah, 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 blah. Right? I quit taking it. But let's just say that, and I didn't go to the doctor and say, I'm done because this is happening. But let's just say I did. I said, look, doc, this is giving me these thoughts. And I was a cop at the time. This is giving me those thoughts. Man, they would have me on desk duty as soon as, you know, you could say, you know, you snap your fingers, right? Take the cop thing out of it. Let's just say as one of us guys decides to be vulnerable and go talk to someone about some stuff that's really happening, stuff right. that maybe we didn't have any control of, but it's like killing us inside, Right. Then two years later, we go buy a gun. The background check check does not have access to that data that the doctor has collected. There isn't this huge data pool that you can say, oh, William went to see the doctor because he's homicidal and suicidal two years ago, you know, whatever. And the same thing with these agencies that people expect um, to all be on the same page in terms of data. They don't talk to each other unless they're forced it's called compartmentalization is what it's called they don't talk to each other unless they're forced to talk to each other i mean a doctor can't even reveal that information unless there's an imminent threat anyway yes hipaa and and even then you know if if you put yourself in doctor's shoes you know they they, they pay malpractice insurance i don't know what they pay to you know if they get sued for um revealing information you got to think about that too you know so there could possibly be a revamping when it comes to their information. But on the other hand, I, I don't necessarily want people to know that I I, I may have had an issue or, right. or There's whatever. There's a stigma there too. Right? Yeah. You know, what if I was a victim? What if I was, you know, what if I was like sexually assaulted and I'm having a hard time as a guy who yeah. was sexually, you know, I don't want everybody to know about that. Well, so that then you sense. got, you got that to fight against and I don't know. So, so to wrap up, William, what do yeah. you think would be, what do you think would be, cause I love what you're saying. It's really interesting. What would you say would be the best, at least starting point for how we can even approach this, a solution to this? I personally think, first of all, <clears throat> people should be held accountable. I'm not saying that this person Absolutely. should be held accountable, Absolutely. but an ounce of prevention is worth a thousand government regulations you know is 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 worth way more than that of cure okay so an ounce of reaching out and it all begins with the human element and and interaction with people it all begins very 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 early but it's not cool it's just not cool to do that because there's this group think if you're odd you're out you know and even the odd people form their group you know, before it wasn't cool to be a geek, before it wasn't cool to be a nerd. Now it's freaking the stuff. You know what I'm saying? And we have a group. To chic. <laughs> yeah. So I think interaction early on, interaction early yeah. on and, and em- emphasize em- parents teaching their kids to be, have empathy towards their fellow human beings. I, I think that would be well, so- one of the most effective, cost effective things to do. But what do we see today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I make my kids put it down when they come. William, thank you so much. For, William, you uh, rock, man. Thank you so much. Sharing your insights. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. You got to tell me how to get out of here. You, All right. You... We'll, we'll, we'll help you. We'll help you drop. <laughs> <laughs> we'll beam you. We'll beam you down. <laughs> that, that's how we do it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I, I wanted to say big thanks to William and to uh, Vicki Fitch and to Chris Salata for, for joining us. Um, nobody was required to come on and talk. Uh, it's easier not to talk about these things. Um, 
you know, Chris uh, mentioned that he might be risking friendships by saying certain things. And uh, we hope that isn't the case because um, we want to have these conversations. Um, I'm no closer to knowing what what the right answer is or what the solutions are. But I have a better understanding now of how different people look at the same situation and have different solutions. And they're all family members and parents and children and and people who want to do good for their community. And so we have to continue talking to each other. And uh, I I think this was a wonderful thing that, that, that these folks came on and and really uh, took a chance. And, you know, we took a chance because I've certainly uh, avoided talking politics or, or these type of issues ever since I got on Facebook and, um, uh, you know, we feel a little bit like the people who've been leading the conversations in the major media and the politicians and stuff haven't necessarily uh, kept their eye on the ball and and facilitated good conversations and kept in mind that there's 17 families that have, you know, buried loved ones and and we won't want this to continue to happen. And, you know, it's not time for grandstanding or for speeches so i'm i'm gonna shut up myself and it it was a wonderful wonderful opportunity to listen to uh three intelligent people and to chat with you nez and to great comment about these things and 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 all the people who were commenting i know anna's been sharing her thoughts trisha and um carlos phoenix has been here throughout and brad friedman brad friedman and 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 everybody we just really appreciate it and we, we hope to uh, to continue the conversation and you can continue the conversation. In fact, uh, if you didn't have a chance to uh, weigh in or you're watching this on the replay, please do uh, leave a comment and, and let us know what your thoughts are. What did what did you agree with? What did you disagree with? But more so than than, uh, you know, either opposing somebody or or regurgitating something that you've heard before. What is a different solution? What? What I love that the people brought today, yeah. uh, William and Vicky and Chris, is they brought their own experiences to this. Yeah. They they really have different areas of expertise, and they brought it to this, and I, and it really um, was a richer conversation than I I, I imagined going into this. So, um, Nez, I'm I'm thrilled that, that the people are talking, and at the same time, I, I remain saddened that the community in, in Broward County and, and those families and, and students and what they're, they're going through as well. So uh, we, we all have to continue talking to each other because we all share the same space here and, and hopefully on Facebook live, which is a social network, we can talk and we can share issues and we can discuss things and even take on challenging topics and uh, emerge without, uh, without losing relationships, but instead uh, uh, emerge with a stronger understanding of each other and uh, some goodwill to try and solve problems, even if we come at these things from from different sides of the political spectrum and with different uh, ideas about how they should be uh, approached. Yeah, and uh, absolutely. Well said, Ross. And, and I want to thank everybody. And I also want to Again, send my deep felt, you know, heartfelt prayers and thoughts to the families and victims of, you know, not just everybody in in, uh, in Florida, but also, you know, going all the way back, you know, to any family who's ever. I remember something really vividly, Ross. I, I'll never forget this because my son was just being born. This was in 2012. And I believe it was Sandy Hook. And they did a special. I can't remember on what station. And one of the fathers from Sandy Hook said, this is going to happen over and over and over again until we finally come together as a country and do something about it. I commend you, my colleague, Ross Brand. I commend our wonderful guests, Vicki Fitch, Chris, uh, uh, William. You know, uh, I, I commend everybody chatting. And I hope, 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 hope that what that father said is not true. I really hope that, but I remember it burned, it tattooed itself in my brain. And I remember how being a father, you know, at first I thought to myself, gosh, 
he's probably right. And, it, and, and then there was another part of me that was, well, I've got a baby crying at two in the morning. I got to go, you know, I got other things to think about, right? right? That won't happen. I think it's natural as a human being to think it won't happen. It won't right. happen to me. That only happens to people over there or people who live on that side or people who mm-hmm. yada, 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 they, the people who end up in the news. <clears throat> I think that can be a really big mistake. And I'm really proud of us. I really want to say this, Ross, for at least engaging. You heard what William said. He gave us kudos for even bringing this up. And mm-hmm. I was very apprehensive. I know you were too, but I felt it was necessary, almost like a civic duty in a sense to bring this up and, and get this conversation rolling. And who knows, maybe we'll even do a part two. Um, we're getting a lot of great, great comments and thoughts in the chat. As long as we can be civil, as mm. long as we can be thoughtful, as long as we can be considerate, humble, and receptive, I say the conversation keeps rolling. And who knows, just maybe, just maybe this could help unfold at least a tiny bit of a direction to go into to solve this terrible, terrible terrorism that's happening every, you know, seems like almost every other week in our country. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. We will continue to watch the comments in the chat over the next several days. And for everybody watching on the replay, do please uh, leave your comments and uh, we will be checking the comments and following up as the days go by and continuing the conversation in the comment thread. So Thank you all for joining us. Uh, it is time to talk, and we did talk today, and that's a, a wonderful first start. And uh, again, to all the families uh, in Broward County, our, our deepest sympathies. Take care, everybody.